It's okay to drink beer in the morning, right? Um, it's three thirty p.m. Yeah, yeah, it's the afternoon. We record this. Oh at yeah, that's 5 right. A.m. It's oh, the I'm afternoon sorry. in Japan. I was looking. Where we'd sorry, just where I'm I'm confusing my post meridian and my anti meridian again. John. It's three thirty four a.m. This is the blue man. This is the blue man group. This is the blue man group. My name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group. As always, I'm joined by a co-host, Devin Welsh. And joining us today is a guest co-host, John Biedrin. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hi. Great to be here. I'm super excited. Yeah, John, um, I'm sure you've probably listened to the podcast, but uh, if you have any questions about how to host a podcast, you let me know, okay? Because... Well, uh, I haven't I listened to any of these episodes, actually. Oh, we because well. we typically we thought you were a fan. We like to have fans, you know, yeah. get involved in some way. <clears throat> no, I was just having a smoke break outside the studio door when you guys poked your head out looking for anyone. Oh, yeah, that's in. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a complete stranger. I'm yeah. actually supposed to be checking the rat traps for the building, but right, right. Yeah, who I I don't even know who you are anyway. Yeah. But welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah, that's you. You look uh, you look spectacular. Nobody can see you, but I can. <laughs> and Thank um, you. Uh, Devin, you look um, pretty good as well. Uh, Thank I'm you. looking great. Great. Thank yeah. you. Um, I was going to say, but but uh, I could but, tell you put a lot of effort in this morning. Thank you. But this mysterious stranger is filling in for Abby Fiscus, who is out on assignment at an undisclosed location. We can't disclose it until the story comes out, but yeah, she is working hard for the Blue Men Group, and um, and in her place we have this uh, kind of shifty-eyed uh, rat Mr. Guy. Nobody. Yeah, rat guy. So uh, yeah, Abby is uh, working the sources right now, uh, reporting back on our company-wide Slack. And uh, we are hearing many good things. You will hear Abby's story next week on Blue Men Group. But first, before we get into the meat and potato portion of the show, we need to know this, this week, week in, in history. October 21st, 1879. A coiling filament glowing within. <laughs> Put away the oil lamps and candles. <laughs> Thomas no. Edison perfects a workable electric <laughs> no. light at his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey. So, uh, <laughs> so if you if you are a constant listener of this show, you may know the name Thomas Alva Edison. Uh, yeah, a, a towering figure over uh, that casts a, a looming shadow over the entirety of Blue Men Group. Yeah, wouldn't that, was, that shadow wouldn't exist without his light bulb? That was his primary motivation for inventing the light bulb. Apparently, he just loved looming so much during the yeah. daytime that he was like, "How can I extend 
<laughs> How can I extend the looming hours? Um, yeah. hours, and that's why they're called lumens. Ah, that's, that's absolutely right. Probably and correct. We are all living in the shadow of Edison, um, to be sure. But um, no. but listeners, if you're going back through all the episodes, <laughs> you get back to episode one. Um, I'm not sure if it's episode one, but you will yeah. hear that exact same music playing. Uh, a song about true. A filament, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That song was um, written the week after the light bulb was invented. Mm-mm. Because that's how people got their news at that time. Mm-hmm. Through, through, yeah. Well, and it was well, and also it was 3 a.m. Uh, and, and it was on Thomas Edison's wax cylinder device that he also invented the recording. Yeah, so... Horn. So what else do we know about Thomas Alva Edison? A Not lot, much. because he's been on the show like 17 times. That's true, but I don't know if we've actually learned anything. We, we the, the, I know that he uh, invented a lot of stuff. That's mm-hmm. uh, obvious, given. I he know pushed that a lot some, of people around. Mm-hmm. Pushed a lot of people around. He may or may I, not have had a few people murdered. I know that he was spending some time for some reason in Port Huron, Michigan, which is kind of suspect, right on the border of Canada, probably running drugs for some higher ups, uh, mm-hmm. other inventors before his time. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Uh, he how much really? He exi- He spent some time in a place called Menlo Park. Ah, Menlo Park. Um, I don't was really like know what kind swing of set sports there, they or? played there or anything. Yeah, but maybe yeah. he was like a soccer, football guy. I would love to see Thomas Alva Edison on the football pitch. Soccer. Do you uh, is was sport. it <clears throat> was it soccer back then in America? When did we switch over? Uh, the seventies, nineteen seventy six. I think. Uh, okay. The, Must have been, the bicentennial. He's, he's probably playing baseball. I baseball, yeah, stick and ball, stick ball, stick and, ho- yeah. stick ball, stick and hoop, stick and hoops. He's playing Jacks. marbles. He's Alva, probably a yeah, uh, professional marbles guy. Yep. Thomas Edison actually was on the winning team of the inaugural World Series. A uh, uh, little yes. known fact. <laughs> Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really easy to get into the World Series back then because nobody knew how the game was played. Yeah, he's Absolutely. like, uh, I put on my long stockings and take on the opposing team. Well, they played Friends. at night because they had they were wearing their night stockings and nightcaps and their striped shirts and his advantage was that he changed the game because hitherto they were played in pitch blackness yeah. yes and but it then was an after, extremely difficult game but then he brought the light bulbs and right because so then he they was could on play, exactly but only so his then, team could use the light bulbs right they would turn it off in between innings <laughs> yeah and then also so instead of playing in pitch dark they were playing in like weak dim twinkling dim light yeah, yeah. The, uh, light bulbs were not very bright, but it made all the difference. The, yeah, um, I mean, it's, the Menlo every advantage p- counts. The Menlo Park Mennonites, as they were known, uh, the base first ever baseball team in Menlo Park, uh, mm-hmm. which didn't use electricity, but which then was, Edison yeah. came through with the light bulb, br- really uh, lit things up, so to speak. And then for and then, some real stickheads, that team, the Menlo Park Mennonites, then was eventually traded a few times and became the New York Yankees. There we go. That's right. They did have to change the name from Mennonites to something else after they started using electric light. light yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they were uh, the electricians. And that was the first ever time that that word was ever used. It used in... to not be a job. It used to be a, a leisure sport. As yeah. An electrician was a man who played baseball with the aid of electric candle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Benjamin yes. Franklin was, was kind of prototypical electrician, sort of yes. a man of leisure that sort of played yeah. with... Uh, Currents. So this is, like I said, one of the 
multiple times that we've covered um, this story of the Edison's light bulb, I can only assume that if we were more diligent with covering every story in This Week in History, we would have covered it 99 times. There must mm-hmm. have been 99 because Thomas Edison famously failed 99 times. Mm. And then on the 100th time, invented the light bulb, which is a suspiciously round number. But yeah. So we've been covering his failures. This is the one that he finally got right, which is why there's so many events this week. In right. History. Absolutely. Yeah. And every time we didn't mention him, it's kind of in the spaces of that episode was a silent nod to a failed attempt at making the light bulb. Right. And we did all of those episodes in the dark. Yes. In tribute. Mm-hmm. In, yes. And so this uh, episode of Blue Man Group, uh, our 50th episode, is in honor of Thomas Alva Edison, T-A-E. Is some some friends of his uh, called him Tay. <laughs> Tay-tay. He was, he was known as Tay Tay <laughs> around some of the uh, seedier parts of Menlo Park, hearkening mm-hmm. uh, back to his days in Port Huron. And um, <laughs> this one's for you, Tommy boy, as we yeah. said. Um, so please, right. please be well, my young man. Be well. Um, yeah. But what's that? Is there a bit more history here? Yeah, can we? Yeah, it looks like there's a bit of history here. We got a news, uh, another uh, recent history. Uh, here, let, let's see. 2001, a postal worker in Washington, D.C. dies from inhaled anthrax as officials begin testing thousands of postal employees. Another worker dies the following day, both among the five victims in America's anthrax scare just weeks after the September 11th attacks. Whoa. What is so... up with that? Um... Well, I think that the uh, the individual who was mailing out the anthrax would probably say that they weren't failing to poison dozens of people. They just found dozens of ways not to poison certain politicians. Huh. And that's, the only that's five or so true. that they actually got right. Well, yeah. uh, these weren't politicians. They were uh, postal employees. A uh, bit of a difference. I, I, I haven't elected my postal employee. Uh, but some... Politicians also received "quote unquote" anthrax, but it wasn't a deadly version. Whereas others did receive a deadly version of the anthrax. They received the uh, uh, CD from the band, the uh, '80s and '90s rock band Anthrax, not to be right. confused with the uh, deadly powder that could be uh, sent to you via mail. But right now, after nine eleven, right yeah. after nine eleven, we've got uh, so nine eleven happened. We all remember nine eleven, and then right uh-huh. afterwards, there was the anthrax scare, where somebody was sending little pockets of anthrax. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was kind of an oversight because it was like, how long? Because it was that was the last week that the U- UPS had or USPS had um, the mysterious powder packet rate on their packages because they had like <laughs> right. media mail and they had like you know flat two-day delivery or whatever but mm-hmm. then yeah like the the little packet of mysterious powder rate which was a really good deal at the time then they had to discontinue it because someone yeah. was clearly abusing the system. and so in and then in doing so the anthrax um evildoer ruined that pricing for all of us that were sending mysterious mm-hmm. powder packets that I were know. totally fine and weren't I causing know. any harm to anyone when i was mailing my mom or i was asking my mom to mail me cocoa powder so i could make uh brownies yeah, exactly. Nice, wholesome stuff. Hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar? You can send it in the mail. <laughs> so Anthrax is a heavy metal, thrash metal, speed metal, groove metal, alternative metal band uh, started mm-hmm. 
in New York City in 1981 by rhythm rhythm guitarist Scott Ian. Now, just for clarity's sake, we're talking about a different Anthrax, right? You're talking about a different Anthrax? Well, I'm thinking... Although, I would also say this, exactly. Were they investigated? Uh, Because that's where, if I was in charge of investigating this, like, male crime, Mm -hmm. and it's called Anthrax, who do you think the first guy I'd call is? Scott Ian, rhythm guitarist of Anthrax. Yeah. Who who in America is most enthusiastic about the term and promoting promoting the <laughs> various either, uses yeah. and benefits of anthrax? It's either Scott Ian, Charlie Benante, Frank Bello, Joey Belladonna, or John Donay. In my mind, uh, those John are all Donay joined in 2013. So oh, okay, like never he, mind. He's probably clear. Yeah, unless that was how he proved himself enough to get into the band is by <laughs> he was initially a super fan and then yeah, he sent like the Anthrax game. around. Yeah, but isn't it weird that in 2003 the band Anthrax came out with a album called "We've Come for You All"? Mm, uh, okay. Two years after after that was released yeah and it's in the past right. sense we've come for you all like hint, hint. With yeah. vocalist with the vocalist john bush on vocals uh Ooh. who was president uh john at that time um george, george bush. W. bush yeah yeah weird uh, hmm. we've come for you all by <laughs> sung by a bush recorded, recorded beginning in 2001 yeah. So in, in 2001, there's a guy with the last name of Bush, and he's screaming, we come Anthrax. for you all. And the name in of the New band York, is Anthrax. In New York, in 2001. In New York City. Near, presumably near the site of the Twin Towers. Uh, I, heard, yeah. I think, I, from what I can tell from this cursory glance over the Wikipedia page, right next door. Yeah, and so we, we're, we're going down a rabbit hole here, but um, there's, you know, and there's many more questions to answer. Yeah, but I think we've answered a few, uh, several of them. Yeah, I would yeah. Say I, I I just like to point out one more oddity here. Uh, mm-hmm. When I look at the technical personnel for "We've Come for You All" by mm-hmm. uh, Anthrax, the assistant engineer's name was Paul Crook. Oh, so oh, I don't boy. know if you have to, uh, you know, point a finger at yourself, but I think I found the culprit. The guy's <laughs> yeah. It's in his name. He's a crook. Clearly, that's a pseudonym, a nom de plume designed, or a nom de guerre, rather, designed yeah, to kind of true. subtly draw attention to, well, his, you know, the his, real puppet master. Yeah, of these these very, uh, you know, salacious crimes of crookery, of yeah. mailing uh, bio-engineered weapons. Now, I know I said that was going to be the last coincidence, but uh, what, what <laughs> label was this released on? It was released on a label called Nuclear Blast. Holy shit. And another label in North America called Sanctuary Records, um, which um, I think that's a kind of a mockery of, oh, yeah, you true. thought you yeah. thought you had you were Sanctuary? Safe. You thought you were safe. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, I, I know the I album, said that the, the previous one was going to be the last thing I, I mentioned, <laughs> yeah, but I also, in, yeah, 1990, in 1998, they released, Anthrax released an album called The Threat Is Real. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. That's so, exactly what I was looking at. In 1996, um, and then <laughs> and then decided to sign with Nuclear Blast the label. And so in 1996, of course, I think that was the year uh, that the Taliban took power in Afghanistan as well. Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so we have a, a number of of striking coincidences. The threat is real. Is the album of 1996 by the band Anthrax 
followed uh-huh. up in 2003 by we've come for you all referring in the past tense what's the date right in the middle of 96 and 2000 so I, I just want to make a, a, a point Devin this is 1998 uh, oh, is, 98. The threat is real. Okay. it's okay but um, and I would also like case. to point out that the, the, the album the threat is real debuted at um, number 118 on the billboard charts Hmm. Okay. 1-1-8. Yeah. So they just needed one more. They were off by a month. They were planning for August originally. Yeah. So some of the titles, track titles on We've Come For You All are Contact, which is how you get in touch with people <laughs> through the USPS. Uh, who do- What Doesn't Die, which is uh, kind of a shocking title. Superhero. Uh, refuse mm-hmm. to Be Denied. Safe Home. Any mm-hmm. Place But Here. Nobody knows, knows anything. anything. So they're they're just like they're laughing in our faces. Yeah. Black yeah. Dahlia. Um an unsolved, unsolved. mysterious crime. Mm. Yep. Think about, Think an, about end. an end. Okay. So we know who, okay, and so fans of Anthrax will will be likely to say, Hey, listen, I'm <laughs> a big fan of Anthrax. I know the whole catalog. I know that they didn't release a work of art between 1998's uh, The Threat is Real and mm-hmm. 2003's We've Come For You All. Yeah. But in actual fact, their album, their their work of art in the middle was something much more devious and performative <laughs> and experimental, I would say. Yeah, and using the whole uh, infrastructure, the public infrastructure to put their message out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, five people died um, in the in their art. I guess but that's typical uh, in a in a mosh pit for an anthrax show. I mean, you'll true. You'll you'll have five or six corpses easy. Yeah. Also, if you want to make an omelet, you know, you got to break a few eggs. And so, I mean, this if you if we look at the reviews, generally favorable reviews for we've come for you all by various seditionist metal enthusiast magazines reviewing mm-hmm. this piece of work. So clearly, like you know, it was worth it. Well. Well, there's a lot there to chew on. I mean, like, mm. I think we've just opened up a whole new uh, aspect to this uh, in, in incredible case that that uh, I believe is is the the term memory hole. Is that correct, Dev? You, you mentioned that. Yeah, earlier. it doesn't uh, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. It's like one of those things people just forget about. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the anthrax well, attacks. Yeah. Here we are to uh, shine a little light on it. Once again, uh, breaking new developments into ongoing or long forgotten investigations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Blue Men Group. So that was uh, This Week in History. Thanks for paying attention to that. But now let's get in. I feel a lot more understanding of, you know, where I'm at in history now. Me too. Context. Yeah. I'm excited for what's, you know, the new new stuff. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Because we can't understand the new stuff without understanding our past. All right, everybody, let's go into what's in the news. So what is in the news here, What is, what is in the news? Yeah. Uh, well, you we got us, Devin? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Devin, <laughs> please, I know tell us. one thing that's in the news Um a story that I've been following very closely just got back from Maine. That's right. Um, long drive. Very um, long. But uh, the headline is, removing the expletives from Maine's vanity plates will take time. 
So what we've hmm. got here is a situation that's kind of spun out of control, and it has to do with uh, saying bad words on we'll hit the your skids. custom plate. <laughs> are you saying that people are putting uh, Beep. Uh, private messages on their their government issued license plates on their for their automobiles that are registered through the Department of Motor Vehicles? Well, there are strange people out there, John, with strange desires, and mm. um, we all know that from covering the news for all of these months. But um, I'll go into it just to set the scene here. Removing Please. the flipping obscenities from license plates on mains, roads, and highways isn't going to happen overnight, even though a law banning such profanities in a state where such regulation has been unusually lax hmm. goes into effect Monday. Hmm. So it's illegal to slip a curse word onto your license plate. That's right, John. Currently, there are license plates with salty language, including F-bombs, oh references God. to anatomy and sex acts, and oh. general insults. General one, insults. License plate, one license plate simply says, fuck you. Hey, Except God. That on hey the plate, fuck you, Devin. <laughs> so in the article, it says F dash 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 U, except that on the plate, it's plainly spelled out. So oh, they don't want to... AP doesn't go in those directions, but we have Lumen Group will give you the uncensored yeah, we'll say, version. We'll it, is, it. it does say fuck you. Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead. I'm just going to say, yeah, that the, the regulations clearly are very lax. There must be some bureaucrat asleep at the switch. Mm-hmm. I, they must have made a terrible or mistake. I think they right. don't speak English. <laughs> it could be that. But so, now, Somebody's ooh. unlicensed to do their job, I think. There we go. Rulemaking is getting underway to ensure the law protects First Amendment rights while getting rid of obscene language. So hmm. that seems a little like, contradictory. Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, why doesn't the First Amendment include the right to say "fuck you"? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But not in <laughs> From a. my understanding, that's one of the main clauses. The only time you can't say it is in a uh, crowded movie theater. Oh, oh right. yeah, true. Someone might mishear it as fire. Yeah. On or they fire. might just get really upset and leave. <laughs> if you're on fire, you cannot say fuck you in a crowded movie theater. I think that's <laughs> yeah, the term. That's, that's the legal precedent, yes. I think. Well, that's the classic um, insult to injury amendment of the Constitution. Mm, if you're on yeah. fire and someone says fuck you, then yeah. that's no good. And the other one is uh, this doesn't stop at the schoolhouse doors, fuck you, or something. I don't know. <laughs> The process, which includes public comment, could take between two to four months, Secretary of State Shenna Bellows said. Requests for so-called vanity license plates that are deemed to be potentially offensive will be on hold in the meantime. Eventually, the state will begin recalling previously issued plates, likely this winter. Um, So I've got a quote here from uh, Secretary of State Shenna Bellows. Rulemaking will delay the process of active removal of plates from the road, but will help us balance the free speech rights of citizens and the public interest of removing inappropriate license plates. So they're taking a kind of even-keeled course mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. They're not overdoing it, not kind of suddenly censoring everybody. They're 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 looking at every plate. Um, yeah. Well, I'm wondering uh, who who is this uh, uh, inappropriate to, right? Yeah. Um, who is this for? Yeah. I, I'm 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 deeply confused about this. I think it's for the minor state troopers. Like the state troopers yeah. who are like, you know, uh, the children. cadets, the cadets, yeah, the cadets, the uh, civil cadets. <laughs> yes. It's all for the cadets. Um, those, those, those pure, innocent uh, cadets. Protect um, your cadet, as uh, <laughs> I believe uh, some the, the, main hip hop group new, said. Protect your cadet is the new like slogan Maine is rolling out to sort of, you know, campaign and advertise yeah. for this. So the article goes move. on. 
in order to protect protect the state's uh, young, innocent cadets, a majority of states have restrictions on license plate messages that are considered profane, sexually suggestive, racist, drug-related, politically oh objectionable, or religiously offensive. Hmm. Politically objectionable. Yeah. What like, could it, what, what could, could you, you say? even say? Yeah. Com, I, commie or something? Could yeah. you say commie? Commie. Commie. <laughs> Commies. Uh, Cummies. But Maine became the quote wild, Kill wild, Bush. wild, wild, wild west of vanity license plates when the state dropped its review process in 2015. They that was the red tape. When they did that, yeah, they fired the guys that were in charge of looking at the license plates to make sure there was no swear words, fuck words yeah, being fuck used. Words. <laughs> yes, um, our anything goes approach was unusual. Bellows admitted shamefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So when they, when they dropped that review process, the uh, the the actual announcement that they put out through the wire uh just said um fuck it uh and and then it started to come in people were uh getting these objectionable uh license yeah. plates the rabble was kind of you know pulled uh pulled out of the woodwork like yes. uh, metal filings with a magnet you know mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. freak and loser and creep that wanted to get their rocks off uh, using a vanity license plate suddenly yep. had the green light Mm-hmm. And um, the green light is see, right, Devin. <laughs> as a former executive director of the ACLU of Maine, Bellows understands the importance of the First Amendment protections on free speech, but she acknowledged she didn't understand the extent of quote really disturbing license plates before she was sworn in as Secretary of State earlier this year. Before she was sworn in, I bet you they swore in by saying "fuck you." You're yeah, uh, fuck you, fuck off. You're you're and, now the uh, leader of whatever you do um yeah this is this is crazy i've never seen a main license plate that says uh any of the fuck words or bad words on it really Um, disturbing she says like she she emphasizes how disturbing it was like how you have to be like an a poetic artist to make something really disturbing out of eight letters yeah exactly some some extreme ribaldry needs to uh occur Exactly. Well, you know, guys, I've been doing a little research on this subject, and I found an article, uh, 100 Banned Personalized License Plates, mm-hmm. um, on the website, A Mental Floss. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. uh, some of these, you know, don't seem super objectionable, such as 33MTA3. What but does that you, mean? If you M-T-A-3. look at it in a mirror, mm-hmm. it says, uh, eat me. Oh, we wouldn't want that. That's that's really disturbing, John. Yeah, we wouldn't want true. the cadets to hear that. No. Yeah. And here's some others. Um, A-S-S-C-L-W-N. Anyone can guess what that one is? A- what? Oh, Say it again. I think, I think it means ass clown. You're is correct. Is that right? Yep. Uh, number two, big fart. Number four, da poop. <laughs> da poop. <laughs> number seven, got to pee. Da poop. So Nine, these are the boob. Yeah, these are the quote really disturbing license plates. Well, that, I mean, uh, I, maybe I should have put a little disclaimer before the, I introduced this segment. But yeah, these are some of the most sick and twisted minds uh, in the country, <laughs> trying that to is... uh, basically, you know, at the same level of mailing using our public infrastructure to attack. The yeah, public, that's right. The unsuspecting public basically right. mailing anthrax directly to you out of their tailpipe. Yeah, da poop. <laughs> if you see da poop, you could accidentally swerve. And your car could fly off a bridge mm-hmm. and hit a cadet. So <laughs> it says in Maine, there are 121,000 vanity plates on the road in a state with about 1.3 million residents. 
there's an estimated 400 offensive plates that could be subject to recall. Wow. So, so only wait, four, is the select yeah. few. Why is this going to take so much time in the headline? <laughs> they already know who these people are. <laughs> know. What's, the, what's the issue? Just go to their houses and take the damn plate. Yeah, yeah. it's so easy to track them down. They're registered. <laughs> so these are a kind of select few, an elite core of, of tricksters and trolls of Maine that um, should make themselves known and maybe get together and form a group. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, they have a lot of spirit in them and poetic uh, brilliance. Now, I think they're a bunch of sickos and they should be round. <laughs> now, I'm holding a license plate right now. I know the listeners can't see this, but uh, this license plate that I have in my hand right now used to be on my car. And is mm-hmm. yeah, are one, you going to get towed by taking that one off of your car? Letter, one letter away from what I would say is a objectionable uh, word. So the license plate says DCK9631, and the DCK part looks very close to the word dick. Dick, oh. yeah. See, I saw a dunk when I... If, oh. a young cadet, if a young cadet were to see that and were to infer, were to add an I... But their minds in, are so pure their... that they wouldn't add that I. They would add the U. Right, that's It's true. the ones that there's no question of that the main has to round up and... You know. Such as da poop, da poop. <laughs> yeah, da poop is the one that we should. That needs to be taken off. Da poop is the one. District attorney poop. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is fascinating. I think uh, we should be keeping an eye on this for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, and it sounds like Maine's uh, Department of Motor Vehicles officials and bureaucrats are extremely lazy. They will not be reviewing. They refuse to review any of the plates that we're going through, and now removing them. It says they say we'll take time. So. Please lower your expectations when you drive through Maine. You will probably mm-hmm. be seeing a lot of profanity for years to come. That is Absolutely. right. All right. Uh, thank you, Dev. Thanks for uh, your, your on-the-road uh, visit to Maine with that uh, uh, objectionable um, report. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Now, John... Looks like uh, we've got a little news story here. Why don't you uh, fill us in? Oh, yeah. So this comes from a great website, gcaptain.com, which I started getting their newsletter after um, we had to register ourselves as uh, nautonauts. Yeah. Whatever. As cruise ship sailors. Aquanauts? Yeah, exactly. Aquanauts. Thank you. Sailors? Sailors. Seamen. Otherwise known as seamen or... Seamen. Yeah. Captains. We were all captains. So... We are part of the G-Captain family now. Mm -hmm. Um, And the article is, Music, beer, Wi-Fi at sea. Managing morale for sailors stuck at anchor. Now, before we get into this, uh, we should, just for full disclosure, say that we did operate a cruise for some listeners, of which a few perished, and that is still under legal review. And we cannot really comment any further, but we are still doing some sea-based stories. Well, Mm -hmm. and that that article, the 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 reason we're under investigation, take your time, John. Allegedly, is that Mm -hmm. we uh, we we were maybe trying to uh, profit off of the shortage of uh, container vessels that are out on the water. Correct. Uh, Now that's what they say. This article as well. Because there are so many ports and so many ships are tied up with the global supply chain issues, uh, a lot of people have a lot of extra time 
on their hands, especially if they're at sea. Uh, plenty of things might keep container ship captain Marcus Grote up at night while sailing across the ocean, but lately there's another kind of sinking feeling that worries him. Crew morale. Sink. With many of the world's 400,000 merchant mariners still struggling to take off time and go home, seafarer fatigue remains a problem heading into the second holiday season of the pandemic, and not just for the deckhands. Their bosses worry about mental health as the work swings between frenzied activity and more idle time. Uh, Who, who's going to clean the poop deck is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the deckhands are... Yeah, they they say they've they've got all this free time, but nobody's nobody's cleaning up the poop deck. And, yeah, and it, um, it seems to have been a, a a bit of a problem. Uh, they introduced all these new fun things for to keep them busy, but now they're like shirking their responsibilities. <laughs> That's awesome. As of Friday, six hundred sixty five container ships were anchored waiting to enter ports, according to data from SeaExplorer dot com. Uh, that's about 10% of the total current in service uh, globally. Right. So Some won't move for a week or more, it says. So yeah. You're There's really a shortage of work to do, but such delays are forcing captains to find ways to buoy spirits for those stuck at sea. Oh, this my God. This is probably God. the thing that is keeping me up most of the time, Grote said in an interview. So he's Bowie. basically a kind of daycare instructor, in a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of ribald sailors. Yeah. Grote, we, who works... Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Grote, who works for Hamburg, Germany-based Hapag Lloyd AG, said that to brighten the mood, off-duty crew members like to play basketball, video games, and ping-pong, or use the pool and gyms available on many larger vessels. So, some have taken to the guitar or drums, forming bands with colleagues on board. Awesome. Wow. So, so yeah. this Blue Men group doesn't often do kind of um, cultural predictions, but I think that, you know, these types of ships, these, these, these big ships... Um, Stuck in port might be kind of the new CBGBs, new yeah. Manhattan type of thing, yep. you know? Like, it's a place where people just have a lot of time on their hands. They mm -hmm. don't have a lot to do. It's very they're punk starting rock. bands. They're experimenting with new styles. They're not really... Yeah. They're not really listening to the mainstream. They're just kind of creating their own culture. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it, and it's kind of like, oh, what scenes were you influenced by? And it's like, uh, what seas was I influenced by? It's like, no, 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 <laughs> scenes. It's like, no, 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 seas? I'm out on the ocean yeah. here. Well, the Hatbag Lloyd AG uh, scene was like really I mean, popping. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Great. Some of the yeah, stuff. Did that you they, listen to that comp yeah. that they just reissued of all the Hatbag Lloyd AG stuff? That's I thought like they, some of the yeah. most groundbreaking records that ever it, came out in the late early 2020s to late 2019s. It made huge waves when it came out. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I like the idea that the captain of a freighter is um, the thing that is probably keeping me up most of the time Grote said in an interview is like sourcing and buying basketball hoops and video game systems <laughs> ping pong tables and guitars and martial amps and it's like just trying to like keep make, make sure that all of the crew has like a bunch of activities planned for the day yeah, meanwhile like, the poop deck is fucking <laughs> disgusting it's getting covered yeah. in <laughs> Well, there's like a, they're they're at like match point. Uh, it's it's like uh, you know, it's like twenty nine twenty eight. Like they can't get above the. It's like you know, you win a ping pong game at twenty one or whatever, but they're at mm -hmm. match point going on forever. Uh, 
they're in double ot in their game of pickup basketball <laughs> yeah exactly and then, like you know they've they've gotten to the point where everyone's just agreed that nobody will bring up the poop deck even the <laughs> yeah. managers or the advisors it's, it's everyone just kind of buries beyond it, memory holds it if you will <laughs> yeah turn it into the anthrax scared forget about it absolutely they're like afraid to go into port now because it stinks so bad yeah there's like stevedores yeah. waving them in to unload like all of the 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 freight and they're just like again they're too distracted they don't want to come in um so uh crews are often close enough to shore to access local phone networks needed to communicate with family and friends but not close enough to get deliveries from land easily or cheaply shore leave has been curbed because of covid19 travel restrictions uh so they don't have wi-fi mm-hmm. what have they been doing instead we have some nice live bands from time to time Groat said so there nice. is an actual scene yeah Hopefully we can keep the crew happy with some barbecues, some team events like watching movies together or playing some sports. Yeah, they're inventing like a whole new style. They're like ripping it up and starting again, you know, Mm -hmm. like on these ships. Um, And uh, we haven't heard a single lick of the music yet because they're still out at sea. They have no (laughs) Wi-Fi. They're they're completely (laughs) cut off. You know, They can't upload it. They haven't uploaded. A a, a true like like they're they're completely like in a vacuum like they're un- uninfluenced by like the rest yeah. of the world it's like totally like no wave it's this kind of just like hardcore experimentalism and ethic of just you know of just it's like yeah pure performance art it's Absolutely. not recording it's not commodities based it's like a, it's a challenge in the face of like commodified like pop fetishism yeah and so these people are in some ways our last creative hope um and we will be waiting for the new music to arrive once the uh, shipping issues kind of work themselves out mm-hmm. and we can get brian eno in there to sort of document it all and release you know yeah different, clean different it samples up of things mm-hmm. yeah we need a martin Hannon. yeah we need someone to re you know kind of reimagine the sound but take it in a new you know more mm-hmm. intimate direction mm-hmm um, uh, so after, in the case. article concludes, so after a long day of watch on, say, a steamy day in Singapore, might the crew be able to kick back with a cold, frothy, frothy beverage from the galley? If you'd like to have a beer, it's possible. Normally we have it on stock, and you can have it, Grote said. <laughs> you, of course, always have to be ready for emergencies, so there cannot be any excessive stuff. I don't really understand what the problem <laughs> so, yeah, is that, here. They have, <laughs> that was a weird sentence. Yeah, like, like, do you want a beer? It, it did, he's I, a little defensive. He felt like he <laughs> was <laughs> offering us a beer, but he's it's like, not really. You can it's like, have it. Hey, any beer? It's like, yeah, if you like to have a beer, it's possible. <laughs> Normally, we have it on stock, and you can have it. <laughs> yeah, but of course, like, don't be too excessive. Yeah, you know, bro. You need to be ready. But yeah, of course, you can have a beer. Put your but, base you know. down. Everybody's just completely rocking out on the ships, it sounds like. Hophog Lloyd AG is uh, just in infiltrating our uh, or, or kinetic energy. It's going to be there soon, uh, as, as yeah. Devin mentioned. We're going to so, hear some of this uh, amazing sea. Watch, it's going to be. Remember when uh, everyone was sea posting sea, sea shanty TikToks yeah, or whatever? Yeah, true. It's going to be that. It's, like, it's uh, going to be brand no, new, gonna be, brand new gonna sea be, music. 21st century unlike anything you've heard well in fact, yeah this i hope be so. the actual sea punk unlike that scene from 2013 true, true exactly but we do await the hapag lloyd ag scene with messianic fervor um <laughs> at the los angeles i can't wait port. to start a band yeah. you know they, as soon as yeah. the first record come out i'd love to be in the second wave of oh, hapag lloyd ag style music yeah. we better We're put your be, life jacket on yeah like post the, hapag lloyd ag <laughs> 
at the Detroit Hapag Lloyd AG show, there were <laughs> there will only be fifteen people in the crowd, but, but every single person there will start a band. Yep, yeah. that's right. So that's right. yeah, managing morale uh, sounds like they have the highest morale of anyone on the planet today. Currently, the uh, the uh, Velvet Undertow as it's uh, <laughs> absolutely known nice. as. Um, all right, well, thank you, John. I appreciate your uh, seafaring. Um, uh, news that from out on the uh, ocean there you, you you have a little bit of a well, sea salt in your hair uh well and you know that's why i was away for so long you see this beard i have now i do mm-hmm. i do see i was that. stuck at anchor that's well, right and john you wrote a record that changed music forever yeah. well in the future it'll change music yes it's in sort of like you know we're ahead of our times that's right All right. Well, uh, thank you, John. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head over to uh, my own desk over here. I've been uh, on a bit of a legal beat, but uh, luckily, I've, uh, the legal beat took me to Hawaii. So uh, oh, get lovely. your get your. Uh, uh, now, did you sail your, there? Your glow. I did sail there, John. The legal beat is that what they do at Guantanamo Bay? Nice. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes. That was good. Okay, so uh, we Kevin have a headline here. Confused. He doesn't understand why we think that's funny. He's, yeah. It's a very serious question. <laughs> like, come on. Wait, wait. Uh, ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties uh, Union, which uh, um, I believe Shenna um, Bellows of, yeah. of Bellows. Uh, Maine. Excellent recall. You, was mm-hmm. the, uh, the former head of for the uh, state of Maine. But as I mentioned, we're in Hawaii, so uh, ACLU... Basically as far from Maine as you can get within the continental United States. Yeah. That is exactly true. Uh, a 10-year-old girl was arrested at school for drawing a picture that upset a parent. So uh, the Hawaii ACLU is demanding change. <laughs> so the ACLU swoops in. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Hawaii ACLU is demanding change from the State Department of Education and HPD following the arrest of a 10-year-old girl last year. Oh, my gosh. The incident happened last January at Honawai Elementary School in Wapaihu. Wapaihu. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the... The ACLU and an attorney for the family says the 10-year-old girl's 10-year-old girl's rights were violated when she was detained and questioned without her mom. Imagine oh so bad. It's so awful. That's so fucked. She was then handcuffed and brought to jail without being charged with a crime. Why would you need to handcuff a 10-year-old? By the way, is we still do not some- know what was drawing we have I no know. idea yeah we're we all we know is that she was detained she was arrested this Handcuffed. kind of scared straight approach you know it's like <laughs> bring the 10 year old girl to the jail and show her like the guy with all the tattoos yeah exactly he yeah. agrees to well, scream no, at exactly. her well no so they need to like show her an example of like where her behavior could like lead her so like they have to think of like who's the the most evil guy who draws pictures all day and it's hannibal yeah. lecter so they, <laughs> right. they pull her into yeah. hannibal lecter's cell uh, so that's just straight up wrong, said ACLU Hawaii legal director Wookie Kim. Now that may sound like um, a pretty like uh, you know weak, flaccid kind of statement. Doesn't really sound like legal like language. Um, mm-hmm. But remember, this is Hawaii, so it is sort of like you know surf up like, like chill like mahalo yeah. type culture. Yeah, the guy's pretty actually wrong. pretty strong statement for the Hawaii. person. Straight up wrong is actually a legal term in Hawaii. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, 
Especially when it comes from Wookie Kim. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a cool name. That is a and, sick name. Um, and there's nothing that condones or justifies that, went, said Wookie Kim. Uh, in a letter to the DOE and HPE, HPD, the ACLU, there's, there's so many acronyms. <laughs> Wait, <there>. keep going. <laughs> so the, the DOE and the HPD and the ACLU said the girl identified as NB... Uh, who has ADHD (laughs) participated in drawing an offensive sketch of another student in response to being bullied. So I want to get that one more time. In a letter to the DOE and HPD, the ACLU said the girl identified as NB, who has ADHD. Yeah, that is... That is every letter of the alphabet. Uh, yes, that is one of those sentences you type out. The to quick brown a, an fox. Old typewriter. Yeah. yeah, that is A-L-O-T. Uh, uh, so the next day, a parent of one of the kids who received the drawing was very upset and essentially demanded that they call the police. The drawing was just the word fuck you. Yeah. She saw it on a main a license main license plate. plate yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a drawing of a main license plate that said "da poop." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Hawaii News Now asked to see the drawing, but was denied. It's too offensive. Uh, we don't it's want highly it to be disturbing. We don't want it to be about the drawing," said Caballero. This is about a ten-year-old black girl who was arrested, and there was no reason to believe that she was violent. Yeah, she she didn't bring any weapons to school. She didn't make any explicit threats to anyone. The pen she brought one weapon to school is mightier her, than the sword. Her they freaking say. mind. Yeah, her creativity is yeah. not something to be taken See lightly. See them take that away from her. So yeah. the ACLU said that the school also detained the student's mother, oh Tamara Taylor, in a room and would not let her see her daughter. You don't want to see this monster. Yeah. Sick puppy. She's too. <laughs> it all comes down to a drawing made at an elementary school. By a 10 year old. This Why is possibly the most dangerous daughter? person in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ma'am, I caution, I urge caution on you right now. I know you want to see your daughter, but believe me, in my 40 years of law enforcement, I've never seen something so heinous. That was what was on that piece of paper. Man, yeah, she's going to tell you she's done nothing wrong, but she's a psychopath and a liar. <laughs> this is somebody... I know you believed her for a, 10 years, but enough is enough. You were yeah. the biggest fool of all. This believed, was... believed in her lies for 10 years. Let's not forget that this person was born in 2011. The Whoever wrote this, uh, this drawing or did this drawing. Uh, very yeah. offensive. So... Um, Taylor said that uh, officers told her that they were negotiating with a parent about the matter involving her daughter and that she wasn't allowed to speak with her. What NB, is the negotiation? She's locked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what's, where do you even start there? NB should have been allowed to be with her parent who was sequestered in another room in the same school at that very time as police officers were interrogating 10-year-old NB, said Wookie Kim. A few days after the incident, Taylor delivered a grievance letter to the school and Leeward District Complex Area Superintendent Keith Hui, which stated in part, although I was at Hanawai Elementary, I was not told that my daughter was removed from the premises, handcuffed in front of staff and her peers, placed into a squad car and taken away. Jesus Christ. This is a 10-year-old girl. Yes. What and could she possibly drawing. have drawn? It must be they're interrogating her trying to figure out what. Like, it's like we finally see like the a, picture and we're yeah, like, mm, you know what? Yeah, she it's deserved an, It's she an deserved inscrutable it. New Yorker cartoon and they just don't get <laughs> yeah. it. And they're like, tell us what it means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Is it funny? Is it mean? 
Oh my god. <laughs> um NB was released to her mother. <laughs> That's good. At Pearl City Police Station. It's like, what are you in here for? Uh a drawing. Yeah, it's like I drew, drew something like, a bad picture. It's like, what is she work yeah. for Charlie Hebdo? Like, what is right. this? No, yeah, I, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and hedge my best that she was arrested on like technical quality. <laughs> yeah, they're right. Like it was exactly. a dog, and then they're like, "This is the worst locker up." The yeah, creativity H- nine to the- uh, execution two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the HPD followed the proper protocol. So they this is what the police said, but we must remember that the DOE is the. Com- Complainant in this situation said retired federal agent Tommy Io. <laughs> We've got federal agents involved now. Uh, <laughs> there's they're like the ones retired ones. Someone that, who's like seen it all, and they're like, we need yeah. an expert. We need like you know. You're bothering this guy in his retirement to explain this shit to somebody they, for the news. <laughs> He's retired federal agent Tommy Io. They call him up and they're like, we have one last job for you. Yeah, exactly. We need to pull you back out of retirement. Yeah, it's, it's about it's about somebody who was born in 2011, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very dangerous. It's like, uh, okay. So the ACLU said, based on the comments made by officers that day, they believe NB was taken to the station because she wasn't taking the situation seriously <laughs> after she made a comment wondering what jail would be like. <laughs> What? That's the a very fuck? fair question to ask as ten, a, as a ten, ten year, old, year old. You have no idea what jail is supposed to be. You still may, <laughs> you may have baby teeth in your mouth. <laughs> you do. She was, she wasn't taking the situation seriously enough. Oh my um, god! The police officer was, uh, was mad, was butt hurt, and uh, had to take her in. Yeah. yeah. Um. And for the consequence to be getting handcuffed because you express yourself in a way that maybe you didn't realize offended someone or harmed someone else, that is not the solution, said Kim. Uh, uh, the ACLU is demanding the DOE and HPD adopt policies like forbidding staff to call police unless imminent threat of significant harm is presented and to consult with a school counselor. Oh, my God. Okay, so wait. Yeah. Is her First Amendment right to draw a picture not protected here? It's... Seems seemingly not that's why Maybe the aclu is here you don't have the first amendment until you're 21 sort of thing <laughs> yeah it it's something <clears throat> well, about it the school that... doors it doesn't stop at the school door it wasn't yeah <laughs> actually what i was trying to mention earlier uh so <laughs> i still don't understand what that means <laughs> no either it's like some sort of legal thing like first amendment uh hold on uh, right, schoolhouse door. It's Something like a, about like where you're like a vampire and you can't enter the door unless you're go. invited in kind of thing. At the schoolhouse gate. In 1969, the Supreme Court ruled that students don't shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. Oh, wow. So you See? were ex- extremely... Uh, yeah, you were made with sense. That. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you, everybody. Maybe the first time, but... Um, <laughs> So I'm assuming that the police, like the government is determining um, NB as a degenerate artist. Yeah. 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 Right? Exactly. Sort of like the yes. uh, 1940, 1930s, yeah. 1940s, yep. maybe German national socialists. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The pillory of uh, German expressionism by the uh So we the have fascist. one of our like most similar to the Hapag Lloyd AG scene, like true avant-garde see adjacent artists being mm-hmm. sort of yeah, like sequestered silenced. and silenced yeah. 
That's right. Yeah, the new the new source of culture is the the Pacific Rim. You know, like the kind of like <laughs> the Japan to LA connection. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, specifically the it, water in between those two points of land. That's right. Yeah, and it, it it puts a whole new spin on the uh, Pacific theater. I think uh, it, it's ta- it's taking the theater aspect to a very yeah, uh, to a cultural new, uh, mm-hmm. interpretation. And NB, in in true political style, you know, cannot have her full name revealed. Um, she an is a, so an a pseudonymous alias. artist yeah. who is being persecuted by sort of the like powers Banksy. that be. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> we've we we're, we're going to keep an eye on her because um, you know, by by her works early, you could make a fortune. Is what yeah. I'm saying. We, yeah, that's exactly why we're interested in this story. We. You know, the political and the legal ramifications are interesting, I guess. But really, PMG is a podcast that's mostly focused on making the three hosts Make, money. Yeah, um, making moolah. Yes. So right now we are looking into purchasing some of NB's art. We're trying to contact her gallerist. Yeah. <laughs> we want that image, the image in question, the image everyone is talking about. And this is a promise about. that if you can help us get it, we will describe to you what it is yes. over the show. And then we'll get shut down. <laughs> I would love if if anybody obscenity charges. Yeah, and we'll get the ACLU and Shenna Bellows in to uh mm-hmm. to to help us. But I if anybody knows how to do a FOIA request, that's Freedom of Information Act. We potentially could be able to get this, but I do think it is quite a complicated uh strategy to find out the photo. But uh or sorry, the the drawing. But uh thank you uh Ron for that. Oh, no problem. Uh <laughs> so uh that was the uh meat and potatoes of the show. Mm-hmm. My favorite segment, What's in the News? I've said this before, but um, it's also my favorite segment. Oh, and it yeah. Really, it's, it seems kind of like like you're taking it, like you're getting dibs. You should say our favorite segment. Our. Yeah. Our. Okay, so uh, before we head on out uh, for oh, the day. Oh, this is my favorite segment, sorry. Oh, that's fine. Uh, before we head out for the day, we're we're going to uh, uh, take a take a little gander at a, a a a segment we like to call prank, prank or, or murder, murder of, of the, the week. week. I love this. I can't wait to figure out whether it's a prank or a murder. Yeah. All right, it's like so, one of those pictures where it's like it's either a bunny or an old woman. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got a headline here: Man dies after friend pumps air up his rectum. Cops wonder if it's a prank or a murder. <laughs> so I would question the word friend. Yeah, true. Was, well, that's sort of where it hinges, I guess. That's where I emphasize that word. So the victim started feeling unwell uh, and a bit bloated. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, following uh, which he was rushed to the hospital where he later died of internal injuries. Not too funny there. The victim so, started feeling unwell, um, especially after he heard a loud pop noise. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine those gas pains. I mean, Mr. Yeah, Balloon. So a bizarre death incident was reported in Uttar Pradesh, India, where a man died after air was pumped up his rectum. Uh that takes the whole rectum damn near killed him uh, <laughs> joke to its obvious yeah, conclusion of soon. he's yeah. dead. Uh, the victim, a worker at an export facility, uh, 
Uh oh, Hopog Lloyd on the phone <laughs> uh, succumbed to his injuries while undergoing treatment at the hospital. Uh, it is yet known, is yet to be known, if the friend who has been arrested had played a prank on the victim or if it was a planned murder. All right, so. Well, those are two, you know, yeah, maybe it's like some sort of extremely avant-garde prank. Maybe it's a murder. Maybe it's a planned murder. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a, like, it's a sexy scenario gone wrong. It could be that. I was thinking, well, it could be any of the above, but it could, in addition to those, be um, that this, uh, this young man who died so young is something of the Sid Vicious of the Hapag Lloyd AG oh, scene. Interesting. Or of the broader kind of uh, Pacific Rim scene. Yes, yes. That, well, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing, you know, it's like real rock stars, they die young. You know, they, they make foolish decisions, but they, they capture the zeitgeist in a way that I think we can all appreciate after long after they're gone yeah well i would like to get to the specific rim that uh this was (laughs) this was placed up uh according Mm -hmm. to the police uh 23 year old victim muhammad aslam and his friend farhan (laughs) would clean each other's uh yeah would clean each other's uh clothes using an air compressor after finishing their shift not shit at the export firm based in the Danuapar village in Moradabad city in Uttar Pradesh. On a fateful day, the two men were cleaning up uh, before leaving for home, and that's when Farhan allegedly pumped air into Aslam's rectum. Aslam? Aslam. Why, Aslam. Why you, I, I'm curious about the jump from they would clean each other's clothes using an air compressor mm-hmm. to... In pumping air into the rectum of your friend, like what are you talking mm-hmm. about? You don't know <laughs> see how that would. Yeah, you don't you know how that would happen. You don't see how that would work. Your friend is like, you know, you're blowing. You, he's like, oh yeah, you have a bunch of dirt on your back, on your clothes. Here, uh, turn around. Okay, bend over because this one's this particular patch of dirt. Yeah, is he's very like, hard to get off. He's like, wow, there's dirt everywhere. Yeah, and then you, and then he, and then you see his, his crack, and you're like, hmm, and underwear. And why don't I pull a prank on my yeah, good friend? A silly little prank, Aslam. a punk rock prank. It'll mm-hmm. make him fart. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, the air compressor is like just charging up hundreds of pounds of air pressure. So, yeah, Aslam started to feel unwell after the incident, and Farhan took him home where his condition further deteriorated. His family then rushed him to the hospital where he died of internal injuries. So a family member said when Farhan dropped Aslam at home, he was unwell and his stomach was abnormally inflated. Farhan told me that he played a prank and filled the air in his rectum. Uh, Aslam died during treatment. We have asked the police to check the CCTV footage. By the way, if you're on, working on that FOIA request for the uh, yeah, picture, yeah, please, please get me this footage. Another one, yeah. <laughs> uh, we want to know the truth. Um, so uh, Amit Anand, the superintendent of police in the city, said the man died under mysterious circumstances, and his family has alleged that his friend pumped air into his rectum. They keep saying this. Uh, <laughs> we have detained the victim's friend for questioning in FIR or an FIR. Don't know what that means. Will be registered based on the family's complaint. Freedom of freedom information request. Oh, perfect. so it's already on its way. True. <laughs> um, 
he is uh, survived by his mother, two unmarried sisters. <laughs> so if anybody's <laughs> looking for a wife, <laughs> you can yeah, marry. Yeah. Into this is this the kind family. of this is how they do like obituaries <laughs> in India. That's great. Uh, it's like nagging the sisters, even in the brother's obituary. Yeah, yeah. they are over twenty-five and they're unmarried. He's, he's survived by his mother, two homely sisters, and his wife. <laughs> uh, Do you if, think that um, his friend Farrar was trying to marry one of the sisters, but Aslam was like, "No, you're not good enough." Yeah, he's like, "Well, get over here, yeah. buddy." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna pump so, you up. Yeah. Pump so, what do you, you guys up. think? Murder or prank? Prank. Because those are the two. Here's the two. Well, because, okay, so he could want to marry one of the sexy sisters. Mm -hmm. And so he had to kill the brother in order to get Mm -hmm. there. Or he thought it would be funny. (laughs) And it's a prank. So it's either murder or prank, or it's a kink. What if it's a a prankish murder? Mm -hmm. Like Um, the Joker would do. Yeah, he murdered him, but he did it with a kind of like artistic glee. Yeah. yeah. I think the only kink here would be in the hose of the air compressor. <laughs> oh, well, that yeah. kink could have saved I, his life. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, right. That's true. Well, that is uh, either a prank or a murder of the week, and uh, it was a prank I've chosen, <laughs> and uh, we're going to stick with it. If you disagree, please write to us. Please write to us at P.O. Box. 21249 Detroit, Michigan 48221. All right. Before we go, uh, we're running out of time here, but we have to go through the last, last week's, week's numbers. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm waiting to see what's going on here. I'm on the edge of my seat. Over the past 14 days, we are up 1%. <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> From actually. Our- from our kind of our bargain basement lows, huge downfall. So that means. Oh, so have week. you guys been experiencing uh, depressed numbers since I took a sabbatical? Uh, well, mainly due to my own uh, incompetence is probably the reason. But uh, we've, well, you we've did had fire supply me, chain. So. We've had supply chain issues. Um, we actually have had a labor shortage because some <laughs> co-hosts don't want to work. Yeah, how about that? Um, yeah. And so, you know, we can't cover it all. We make mistakes. We slip up, and the audience punishes us ruthlessly for it. That's right. Yeah. And uh, The government unemployment from leaving BMG was so good that I was like, why would I go back? <laughs> yeah, so, so good. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think last episode I wanted to get up to 6,700. We're at 6,607 all-time downloads. That's nice. Uh, I mean, we're still working at it. Um, yeah, we're well, it looks along. like there were some highs, though. There were some I'm highs. We had, actually, we had a wide spread since you've been gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've had we've had amazing euphoric moments, and we've had <laughs> crushing defeats. Defeat, yes. Wow. That is true. Um, but yeah, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're getting back in there. Uh, just, I, I would encourage you to <laughs> You're keep, up 1%. We're getting back in. Yeah, uh, keep your eyes uh, uh, in, and ears. Uh, peeled. These are numbers that we did. Do, we are somewhat used to, though. I remember these numbers? These are familiar mm-hmm. numbers to me. If anything, yeah. our Canadian listener representation is growing, huge, growing. So yeah, nice. in proportion, we're getting big in Canada. That's very good. Um, yeah, we've got the Austria, <laughs> Australia, and Argentina. Um, the uh, A countries. Any country that starts with an A, we are pretty uh-huh. much dominating. Albania. <laughs> Yeah, we have to work we have on those. Had, uh, we've had pretty good numbers. We've had around 500 downloads this past month. We need to get downloads. we need to get our numbers up in Azerbaijan, Albania, and uh, 
I would love that. Well, listeners. So, listeners, it's incumbent on you to, you know, you need to keep sharing, sharing, sharing. Share yeah. the podcast again because mm-hmm. we're, we've got a lot of uh, new and exciting additions and changes coming up. We're expanding. Yes. We're rethinking. We're renovating. We've been doing a lot of, like, brainstorming and research behind the scenes. A lot of people are talking to us saying, go, go on Substack. Go on Substack. It's already old hat. Yeah. This so, month, we will be introducing a Blue Men Group chain letter. Yeah, that's absolutely the case, and um, and so much more. And John is back. Um, we know that you know maybe you're uh, John's gone. He's on sabbatical. You know we're not really sure if we should share it right mm-hmm. now, but now he's back, so you should share it. Um, yeah. Renew your vows. That's right. Renew your vows with because I'm renewing my vows. Blue Man Group, the matrimonial bliss of this pod. Thank you. Thank you. And we we appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. All right, everybody, you have an enjoyable week, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.